Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today for a new episode of Inspired to Be. I'm Sherry. And I'm Dr. Cynthia. And we have an incredible guest that Dr. Cynthia is going to tell you about. I sure am. How are you doing? I'm good. How was your weekend? I'm always busy. How about you? Always busy. Well, that's good. And time's going by way too fast. Right? And I still haven't moved. <laughs> We're going to have to just somehow make some miracles gonna, happen for that. If, yes, if someone has a tent out there, I'm ready. I'm almost ready. That's sad, right? Well, today uh, we're bringing in, in a wonderful, wonderful person. Her name is Elizabeth Coto, and she's from the 305, as <laughs> as Armando used to say, Pitbull, where I used to live, for the 305. Miami. I love that. Um, at the age of 15, she discovered a passion for people with unique abilities and decided an educational career would brighten the lives of children through learning. She has a bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's degree in educational leadership. She served in the Miami-Dade public school system and she survived for 18 years from special education, general education. In 2015, she experienced a personal traumatic event that left her and her two children um, basically alone and abandoned. Um, a courageous act that quickly turned dark and depressing suddenly became a greatest lesson in life and a blessing. This suffering fortunately led to a journey of personal growth, which is what we're all about. Um, and to recover financially, she resigned from the school system and accepted a position as a principal of a private school. And aside from that, she was doing workshops and working with family awareness of the importance of social and emotional health, which is also a blessing. And now she's turning all this wonderful thing that she's doing into uh, light work education and advocacy and sh and our love, uh, wellness. Um, and now she's starting her own school, which I'm super proud of her for. And it's an innovative education, which your integration, which is what I'm all about with with children, which we no, need this so desperately now. And so I guess uh, we're gonna welcome you and- um, welcome. welcome, thank you for being here. Thank um, you for having me. <laughs> Sherry and I have had our own powerful stories of how our growth uh, and resiliency as a natural gift of healing. And I know we've talked so much in the past, but could you briefly just kind of discuss your own resilience story? <laughs> And that there is light at the end of a tunnel for us to really embrace that leap of faith that we talked about. Yeah, if you're willing to discuss the uh, the personal traumatic event that you went through, I would love to hear that. Absolutely. So the first thing that comes to mind is um, ignoring red flags. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, at the age of 22, a baby, right? Because now I look back, I'm like, wow, 22 was definitely a baby. Definitely a baby. But she I was definitely it. a baby. That's a baby. <laughs> I decided to marry at that time um, my boyfriend and right out of college. And I remember my father walking me down the aisle. Well, right before the big, beautiful doors opened. And you probably know this church, the First United Methodist Church of Coral Gables. Yes. Before those beautiful doors opened, my father looked at me and said, are you sure you want to do this? Uh-oh. <laughs> and my immediate, my heart said, no, I want to run away. 
But my mind was like, I already paid for this wedding. We're doing this. This is what, again, going against so many red flags, um, uh, from verbal to emotional, all kinds of abuse. At such a, in the teenage years, like your young years, I put up with so much. And I remember fighting back all those times that he, you know, would call me all the names and you can't wear this, you can't go here, this possessive, it's controlling. And I'm like, you know, looking back and I'll, I'll go back and forth. It, it all comes together. Um, I'm like, I fought back when I should have just walked away. Like, why was I calling him names again and standing up for myself? But it was a project, right? I, I learned now as, as a light worker myself, not knowing it at that time, that I took on a project and I saw people's potential. And I would fall in love with the, the potential, but not actually what, what I was facing with the now, the present moment. It was, I'm going to fix him. I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him to go to college. I'm going to get him to get a good job. We're gonna, this is going to happen. And of course, you guys more than me know that that's not, that's not how it works. It has to come internal. So I walked down the aisle, um, got married, and I realized about maybe a couple months later into the marriage, like, what did I do? <laughs> After, you know, the beautiful planning, which I think at one point I was in love with, just the preparation, the fun of it, the the attention. In love with the idea of the wedding and the, the illusion, right? Exactly. Mm. And so I said, you know what? I, I'm going to get my master's degree. I don't want kids. I, I got I to gotta figure this out. Six years. Never had kids. Didn't get pregnant. And I reached a point where I'm like, I, I got to get out. I, I can't do this anymore. So I signed up for counseling, which is you know, part of the whole light work education is to get rid of the mental health stigma. Stigma, And I went to see him and I just poured out my heart and I'm gushing in tears. And the counselor looked at me and said, you've outgrown this man years ago. Get out now. All you have is a, is a home together. You get a divorce, you split it 50-50, whatever equity is there, and you move on with your life and you close this chapter. And I'm, I was inspired. I'm like, that's, this is what it is. I said, promise me you won't, you know, you won't let go of my hand. You're going to do this with me. And he says, absolutely. I was pregnant the whole time and did not know it. Six weeks. And I was pregnant with my oldest daughter, which, of course, you know, if you have kids, it's your, your biggest blessings, right? You don't know what, you don't care what happened in that relationship. And when I had to go back and tell my counselor that I was pregnant, it was the hardest thing to do. And he said to me, I recommend that you move forward and you continue you with the divorce you're that way your child doesn't suffer and I said no way my grandparents are not divorced my parents are not divorced we don't believe in divorce I'm gonna put my big girl panties on I'm gonna put a smile on my face and I'm gonna do this and that's what I did I became the Instagram family and we went on to baby number two and this is gonna change him this is gonna get him to get stay home this is gonna get him to grow up he's gonna be a man now. this is it things got worse and worse before they you know go into this this piece of, of my journey and I remember telling myself at the second pregnancy, which was the second time I attempted to get a divorce. So every time I got a divorce, I got pregnant. And at the second one, I said, the minute he's, that my, my, my son, he's eight now, the minute that he is able to talk and communicate, at least, you know, be a little older and tell me what was happening every time I have to do that 
you know, that shared parental time, I'm going to do this. This time I'm going to do this. I can't take this anymore. I'm losing my light. People are like, you don't smile anymore. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. Well, he was, my son was two. I didn't make it to that point where he could, you know, talk to me. Um, the pressure at home, the, the issues got a little worse. Um, as, as I'm feeling and losing my light, him as a, an individual, as a soul, as a person, was also feeling it subconsciously too. And there was this pressure to make me happy because he was like, oh, there's a detachment here. I'm mm -hmm. feeling it. And he started this whole thing about money and I'm going to buy you a nicer car. We're going to build a pool. We're going to go on these vacations to try to get to, to keep me there. And that that pressure of money led him onto a very dark path for himself. And there was um, excessive use of alcohol. And then from the alcohol, I went to drugs. And then, you know, that is never a good thing. And so I definitely started living uh, a home that, in a home that I never thought I'd ever be in this situation where um, I feared for my life. And so he loved guns and he did have, you know, gun permits and all that good stuff. As I'm looking at my home one day, I'm like, uh, okay, there's guns in my home that he doesn't have locked up. He's acting very irrational because, you know, at this point, the drug abuse is, is getting out of hand to the point where he wouldn't even come home. And I'm home with two little kids out of six year old and a two year old. And I remember a fight and a lot of the threat, I'm gonna kill you, I'm gonna kill you, I'm gonna kill you. And and I said to myself, you know what, I, I should call my, my coworker. At that time I was still at the district and my job was to go from school to school. I didn't have a you know my set office that I would report to every morning. And so my colleague and I, we would always talk every morning, like, oh, what school are you going to today? Or I'm going here. What are you doing? Are you doing a training? Or I'm ha having a meeting. And I said to her, um, you know what? If, if I don't call you one morning, can you, like, kind of check on me? I'm going to send you my address, and maybe you just... And she's like, why are you telling me this, Liz? And I said, well, you know, he keeps threatening me, but I think it's getting a little worse to the point that I don't even recognize him anymore. And she said, listen to yourself. You're, you're, you're literally saying, I'm on, I, I may be killed, and please come look for me. You you're have fearing for your life. Yeah. She's like, how are you? Are you here? Get out of that house now. And I said, oh, my goodness, you're right. So I said, okay, well, how do I get out of here? Because now he's angry, right? He's at a point where if I tell him I'm going to leave, or every time I say I'm going to leave, he's like, I don't believe in divorce. This is it. You signed up for this. You're not leaving. And... There was another incident that happened that I, I, I finally called the police. I never wanted to call, you know, the cops because I lived in a nice neighborhood and I didn't want to be embarrassed that there's cops in my house or situations because I kept all this from everybody trying to hold that fort down at home. And I had to call. I remember two policemen show up, one of them very handsome. Um, and he said to me, he said, what's going on? So I just kind of, you know told this cop everything just I, I could it was somebody who listened to me that had power and he said he's like do yourself a favor and please leave this man and move on with your life he's like I have a good sense of character I could tell you're a good person you're beautiful you have a good heart you're a good mom he's like I can tell all this by just talking to you outside He's like, and I'm going to tell you one thing. You work with children. You, 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 you work in education. 
Like, if you're not this type of person and you don't, I'm like, no, I don't do any of that. I, I, I don't, you know, I have an occasional glass of wine. And I'm like, I don't do drugs. I don't do, he's like, more so to get out. Exactly. This is not, like, this doesn't match you. And so that was pretty much my last push to, to I got to get out. It was the fact of losing, possibly losing my kids. Because I'm, I'm, he's dragging me down with him. Were you telling family members about it at no. that time? No. So it was a secret. Everything yes. looked good on the outside, but yes. on the inside, oh it was yeah, you can see my apart. Instagram. I still left all that because it's a part of me and my yeah. history. Yeah, yeah. And you'll see the pictures. Yeah. It was all perfect family you, and Disney and exactly doing all that. But, but they behind. were great re- resources at the time for you that you just didn't want to go and no. talk to them about. No. Yeah. Which now you know, obviously, is yeah. is the turn of giving back and, and what I'm doing in the present moment is for that. So I gave him a heads up. I called the family. At this point, I, I do tell everybody. Um, and I gave him a warning. I said, I it was December 11th, <laughs> never forget, of 2015. And I said, Christmas is around the corner. My mom didn't want me to wait till Christmas. He's like, you're not going to be the first or last person that's going to lose their, their life or, or the kids too. He'll kill everybody, right? Um, and I said, I said, I'm going to stick it out. I don't care. I'm not living in fear. I'm going to, I'm going to have the best Christmas that, that I could have for my kids. Cause I knew it was going to be the last one. And I said on the 26th of December, and I told him this too, I said, I'm walking out that front door of my home and I'm never coming back. Um, because at this point when we're f- fighting about like the divorce, you know, he made it very clear. Like I make more money than you. You're a peasant. You make peanuts. Oh. And this is my home. I said, well, we're married. This is my home, too. I'm on the title. And I wasn't even going to fight with that type of person that's not even thinking, you know, and, 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 or healthily, emotionally stable or mentally. And I said, you know what? It's just a home. My mom said, Lisbeth, there's lots of homes with pools in, in the world. Things are just things. You're going to get things. it back. This is your yeah. life and your my children's life. And life. My children. You're singing to the choir here, girl. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I, I told him, I said, I'm walking out that door. But so many years of threat, empty threats that I gave him, he didn't think it was going to happen. Um, but we did have an amazing Christmas. Nobody knew anything. I was happy mom, and the kids were like, oh. And on the 26th, I grabbed my purse, and I got some clothes from the kids, and I put it in two black garbage bags. And I'm walking out the door, and he's like, where are you going? I said, I'm leaving. I, I told you on the 26th I was going to walk out this door, and I'm, and I'm not coming back. And then he's like, well, where, where are you going in that car? As I'm getting into my car, he said, he goes, that's my car too. You don't take the car either. I said, okay. I grabbed the keys. I threw them onto the front shield of the car. I said, keep the car too. Keep the house, keep the car. You're done. I called my mom and I said, come pick me up because I can't take the car either. And my mom's like, I'm on my way. And sure enough, on the corner stop sign of my block, I got in the car with my parents and I never went back. And, you know, I lost my belongings. It was like a fire. It's kind of what the, I told myself. But look at the strength and the bravery that it took for you to be to walk out there that door that day. Yes. That was huge. And it was. That was I, taking your life back then. You began that day. Yes. And it was, that was the mommy hat because I had, I had the wife hat of trying to save him. But it, the courage and the strength really came Fourth, when I swapped that hat, where mm-hmm. where that coworker of mine said, if something happens to you, who's going to take care of your kids? If mm-hmm. he didn't kill himself and he stays with the kids, yeah. that what you want? And I still get goosebumps now saying this part. I'm like, no, you're right. It's my kids. I I can't let them down. So there's that journey. That's my dark year because obviously this is December 26, 
of 2015. And so that whole 2016, to me, I call it the dark year. It didn't matter how pretty the day was. I could have woken up, you know, obviously, like you said, in Miami and, and not a cloud in the sky. But for me, it was dark. Well, I never saw It's called light. PTSD. Yes. And people don't believe in relationships we have PTSD, but we certainly Absolutely. do. Absolutely. And it's some, something people really need to, to talk about. Even in therapy, people do not call it PTSD. No, they should because but they people should be validated because it yeah. is PTSD. I mean, you're, you're, you went through your own war. Um, and so how did, how did you deal with that initially? So initially very depressed right and and it's the stages of depression and anger and revenge <laughs> i remember th- I, my, I bought a brand new car my parents helped me get you know i had to rebuild my my life from scratch literally and how old were you then i was 30 i had just turned 35 my birthday's december 3rd 11th i had my day right number 11 to me is universe's number exactly <laughs> powerful number uh, december 11th and yeah so it's just i had just turned 35 and it was dark and i was depressed and angry and i i, I said the worst things i've ever could say to another human being and obviously i've forgiven myself for that because i was such in a dark place and i just cried every single day i didn't i didn't i, I remember my mom who's a very strong person said to me, are you ever going to stop crying? Like, are you going to get out of this room? And I'm like, I don't know. I but don't you know. Both, but you, there was, it was toxicity on both sides <sighs> because people don't necessarily stay that there's not a level of toxicity for both people. And, and you've, you've acknowledged that, right? 100%. And so you had, to, you had to pull yourself up out of getting out of that toxicity yourself. Exactly. Okay? So, you know, depression is certainly a beginning stage of of that yes because it's a you're mourning a death of of a lot of things that you had right of the illusion of the the family myself right all of of those things 100 percent. and And it doesn't happen until you start getting angry no then then, you know then you start but you have been physically emotionally and verbally beat down so you had to like rebuild that whole confidence self-esteem back again it was destroyed Mm -hmm. right and um it's it's crazy how you know the universe will put the people in your life at, at the divine timing right when and i remember just wanting to talk to anybody who would listen to me finally when i'm like ready to to tell people the story and what was happening and that's how it all started like that that journey of then of light mm-hmm. right it was talk to this person call this person you need you need to heal from this exactly. and you know you need to accept what happened be okay with what happened then heal and then rebuild like there's a process to this oh it's very true it's 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 resources it's yourself but it's also picking the right people to to be in your circle that's right that's going to be accepting and to lift you non-judgmental right non-judgmental it's going to lift you up and not encourage you support you and love you and love you Yeah. Yeah. yeah so i felt like i started again even just materialistically from scratch it was building a new circle because I remember a lot of my friends and I don't hold it you know I don't hold grudges but everybody started kind of backing away like wow that is a really bad situation I don't want to be around her she's so depressing you know talking to like brings me down I was I was and I was aware I was bringing down people who you know were not capable of taking in that energy um so it just was 
the first person that I had a healing session with. I remember, and I still have this recording where she asked me about chakras, and I said, the what? The what? <laughs> and I'm like trying to spell it, you know. What's that? <laughs> what is that? And, you know, just believing in, in, in energy and the science of it and the law of attraction. And then I went into, I call it read to heal. I read. And the weekends that I was alone and the kids, I didn't give the kids right away to him. They were going to his parents every other weekend. But the weekends I was alone, I started, in, you know, really reading personal growth books and, 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 and realizing I need to invest in myself because my kids are looking at me like, okay, well, now we're in one room. It was my, I have a brother that's younger than me, 10 years younger. So he's away in college. His room is still set up. I'm in his room sleeping in a full-size bed with my two kids. And I'm like, this is, my story doesn't end this way. You know, you start rebuilding this way. And I said, what do I do? The best investment you can make is in yourself. And I was reading a lot of, you know, trying to follow things on social media that were motivation or inspiration. It was a lot. So from that, that's how you got, and also an idea to, to start a school. I, I want. I well, just kind of want a principal of a yeah. school first. Yes. yes. So I'll quickly get to that point. I, as as I'm going through the personal growth stage and reading, I promised myself that I would give back to the world. I don't want anybody to ever feel like dark is the end. There is light, but you have to invest in yourself and you have to put in the work yourself. Nobody else can do it for you. Nobody else can add that happiness. You have to find it inside. And so part of my payback, um, ladies, is Lightwork Education and Wellness Center. And I want to instill these tools that I had to learn in my 30s, mid-30s, and instill them at a young age so children can 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 grow up into realizing if something happens to me, I'm not a victim, right? I, I can, they're lessons and I'm gonna learn to get through them. And I figured if adulthood is too late and with my education background, I'm able to open up, you know, a private school and run curriculums and extracurricular uh, um, events and activities that, that I choose to do, that nobody's tell me, oh, you can't have this. Of course, we have the core academics, you know, your language arts mean, you know, reading and math and science, but you have to have life skills too. Can you just briefly, because we're running out of time, can you tell us some of the, what makes you different? What are some activities that are different at your school? And the curriculum. Yes. So we do have, Dr. Paula Petrie wrote a curriculum for, for our schools called the Medicine Wheel and Me. She's and the best. <laughs> you definitely got one of the best people I, involved. I picked a really good team. I yes, couldn't do this alone. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as tradition, you know, the, uh, of course the kids, you know, the, the students take the, the traditional core academics. But part of the class, too, is also yoga um, and, and the Medicine Wheel and Me which teaches, it brings back to the root of being how grounded and being in the present moment, how meditation is, you know, research-based and how it helps you not only overcome trauma, but avoid trauma, right? And how do we deal with anxiety and panic, which obviously I suffered for through the years, that we don't have to go through that pain. And so we offer those classes that's integrated through the school day. Um, so it's just, you know, again, part of the, the schedule. And we also offer it for families as well. So our counseling is provided once a quarter, part of the tuition to all families, because it's not just the child, right? The child goes back home 
and the parents are the ones that are running this environment in the house. So, so as horrific as it was, what you lived through, it, you turned it into something positive that's helping others. Absolutely. That by sharing your story is going to help other women to not stay as long, move forward, learn to love themselves. So you're doing some amazing work. Lisbeth, you opened the Light Work Education and Wellness Center in 2020. Share with our listeners what the Wellness Center is about and how COVID affected you and your center. Thank you uh, so much for your question. So I opened up Lightwork Education and Wellness Center. Um, I registered as a private school here in Florida. And the Wellness Center piece was to also help families because, you know, after 22 years, 18 in, in, in Miami-Dade County Public Schools, I realized that we would do so much work with the children, but then they would go back home to parents and families who were struggling um, financially, emotionally, mentally, you know, so many people coming from other countries here and all the difficulties and challenges that they, that they bring and, and some trauma, right, with depending what country you, you come to Miami from. So the goal was always that whole person approach. We're going to take the family in as well and, and, and teach the, not, not just the life skills, but um, techniques, right, that you, that you live with forever, how we change we could change our life with one perspective. One thought changes everything. We we have, you know, curriculums that were really written just exclusively for us for now, for children, teens, and adults. Just again, to you, you don't heal in the environment you got sick in. So we want to make sure that we find a way that's creative to offer that support in the home so that everyone can thrive, not just the child, but the family as well. And reach that put them on that path right is this open to all children or is this yes so with the private school um it's anybody who wants to enroll and if you don't want to be part of our school as a full-time you know maybe you're happy in your public school or the charter we do offer uh workshops via zoom now because as you were saying covid it was not all negative right there we hear so much of the negative what is the positive that that did bring, we were, I was able to bring on a phenomenal um, woman, Dr. Paula Petrie from New York, who is not only wrote the curriculum, but she actually teaches the curriculum for us on an eight week course for teens twice a week via Zoom. Had we not gone through COVID and got you know creative with ways to educate um, students, I would have never thought of having her or teach or offer this course online. But were the kids yeah. during COVID, uh, were they at home or did they actually physically go to school the kids that you had at the beginning uh we had them via zoom as the schools were all we were on still lockdown here and then in january when things when those kids went back to school we opened up and we did it hybrid we gave the option to the parents who registered for the course if you felt like your child was reaching a point right because we can talk about the anxiety that the kids were having at mm. home, the mm -hmm. isolation, and the deeper they got into the isolation. The aloneness, The yes. aloneness, right? And then it's like, oh, I don't want to socialize with, I don't know how to. Uh, we opened up a little small space in, in Miami Lakes, Florida to offer that hybrid model. And we we got a huge you know, screen and we projected Dr. Paula. And I did have a facilitator that was in the room that was able to be there with the teens and have Dr. Paula still there. And some kids still join on Zoom. They weren't comfortable. Some families weren't comfortable with them, you know, mixing even with masks, so. So a typical day in your school would have, uh, you have mixed age groups, correct? Uh, yes. Okay. 
and it's a typical day school and they take language arts reading math science social studies your typical you know core uh curriculum like your core subjects but we also integrate visual arts yoga and we also do the medicine wheel and me curriculum that dr paula petrie wrote for us and that is just part of their specials just like how you go to pe or you have music or you have art in class in school we also instill these tools because i feel strongly that now more than ever we have to learn these tools at a young age so you grew up with them right compassion kindness forgiveness how to deal with trauma how to deal with changes in your life because they don't know that they're so young you know and some adults don't know how to deal with that but, it, so, but I, I i thought that the school and just like jump yeah, in yeah, and get yeah, me is that there were a lot of kids with uh, learning disabilities or special needs in the school is that correct we we offer both so i have two tracks you can come in and we kind of do a little screening and the screening is very informal it's just me kind of see where the student's at because my, my background is obviously in education, but I have strength in gen ed and special needs. Within the special needs community, you have two paths. You could be modified curriculum, which is more of a lower level complexity, mm -hmm. um, or you can be you know, still on a standard curriculum and standard on your way to your regular diploma, um, but still be special needs. So we do offer two tracks. And so our curriculum is modified in the medicine wheel and in the yoga as well. We do adaptive yoga depending on where's the student. So like you have a typical public school, they have the gen ed classes, you have honors classes, and you have your special needs courses as well. Because so. that, that had to have been mind blowing <laughs> with all this going on with COVID. No. I mean, I mean, it's just, it's just good because you do service a lot of different kids with different needs, right? So that and everything else, it must have been like It was incredible. Amazing. And I was amazed watching and hearing about all the teachers, how creative you had to become to work with the kids while they were home, to get their, keep their attention. And, and for the parents who were, were at home, who were not used to being able to do the help with the homework and so much yes. positive came out of this you know with the closeness it helped families become closer with their children learn more as to what they were going through in school and the teachers really i was blown away by the creativeness that you had to it was we had to be really creative at yeah. first you go through that process where you're angry you're frustrated you're right. annoyed i don't want to be here i don't want to do here? this and um i want to be in class and it was already hard to get their attention there but they did they, they became very creative and, and and my staff did too and we also kind of um taught the parents a lot about how important it was to have structure at home mm -hmm. organization is key children crave they structure love it. absolutely well consistency <laughs> structure consistency. right yes. i mean it's it's yeah it's for for us and we were talking in the car earlier you know uh, god bless teachers because teachers are front uh, front line people they are they're essential the and they are just like the military unfortunately they're underpaid people that really make a sacrifice so for true. love and what we pay teachers is just, uh, but we were talking about that. You could get a job doing so many other things, making so much more money. Reception is in Miami and Brickle. Yeah. But I they mean, have it's the biggest just, hearts. It's mind yes. blowing that we rest good money. And we rest the lives of our children with these people that all we day. love all day. All day. And what they make is just, it's just, it's such a love and a passion. I don't think we thank them nearly enough. No, that needs to be changed. Teachers need to be, the salaries need to be increased oh in my a gosh. very big way it's incredible and it's yes. they, they take a they take a beating 
Um, I, I last week I, I did a keynote um, uh, presentation to the principals and assistant principals and lead teachers of Miami-Dade County Public Schools. And I was telling them like the self-care piece is so important for themselves too because they take it from everywhere. They get it from the parents, the kids, the administration in their in their building and test scores and test scores. And that's one of the reasons why I, I opened so many of my school is that the IQ is important, but your EQ is that's correct. Is even more important because Amen, it doesn't sister. it doesn't matter if you have a one thirty nine IQ, right? Is how do you treat others? That's how right. do you feel? How, how how's what's your social and emotional level? Where are you? Your awareness of this process because you could be smart, but then you can't go to work and deal with other people. How do you get along? How are your relationships, friendships, coworkers? Are you kind? Are you caring? Do you have empathy? Do you have compassion? Well, there's such a lack of connectiveness with families these days, it and is. there's just there's just no other way of putting it. I mean, I. It's very sad to see, but a lot of people send their kids to school because they want you to fix all the things they don't have time for. Miracle and workers. We we live like a, like you Probably. know a hamster in that cage of running around all the time, and we're not really we're not really providing the emotional connection. And we have everything is on texting and Facebook and you know there's there's we don't teach kids how to have conversations anymore or how to write. Yeah. No. You know, they're they're texting. They're not writing. They're, they're not writing. They don't know how to. And it's, no, it's, they're not learning the, the history. <laughs> and it's just, it's really sad. Yeah. So we it's started sad. at home. History's being taken away. Yes, to make sure that we sit together to eat. And, you know, sometimes it's difficult, but to sit down at least maybe twice a week. Aim for whatever, for whoever's listening. And, and you're interested in this part is just at the dinner table, no electronics. And even just... If it's not just talking, it's playing a game to Bring ask back a question. family time. Yes. R- buy bikes. What did you like about your day? What so was the best part of your yeah, day? You're like not asking closed yeah, questions. You're asking very open, open questions. questions. Exactly. Now, let's talk about your self-care. Now, what yes. do you do for your self-care? You're talking about the self-care with the students. She yes. dances. So she she loves to dance. So it's funny She's a, because you you grew up and it was in my family for for you know for example it's your kids come first your your family comes first your husband comes first so i i grew up that way we have to put the kids first it didn't matter if my mom was falling apart the kids came first and i that was the first step was to accept and be okay with putting myself first it's not about oh that's selfish liz i get that from some friends i'm like it's not i can't pour from an empty cup that's right like how am i going to offer my children anything or the self-love comes first it's first is self yes it's selfless not selfish so i know this is going to sound kind of corny but I, i do a lot of Bubble baths I do with Epsom oh, salt and incense. Oh, we and love candles. my bubble baths with this with <laughs> your C B D. Yes. Yes. Oh, you have sister, to. I have to fix you up. Hot water. I'm like, Scott oh. Cynthia can hook you up with the best That's for the bubble bath with the C B D. And and I and I and another thing that I do too is I don't go to every event that I'm invited to. Yes. It's a boundary. You know how to say no. Saying no is a good It was hard though. It's okay to say no. How can you not come? But why aren't you coming? It's so and so's thing. I'm like I don't, I'm tired and I don't want to go. That's like, awesome. I, yeah, that's you know, great. I do what I want to do. No, it's yeah. a complete sentence. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's a good boundary. But yes. people are like, well, she came to my, my wedding or I went to their birthday or I went to this, to their dinner. So I have to go. It's like, nobody has to do anything. You, you know, you, you, if you feel like it, you go. Um, and, and, and a lot of reading too, and being just mindful. I can tell 
if I haven't meditated or taken a moment to myself, because yes. I start getting chaotic, I lose my keys, I can't find my purse, I'm on the phone, and I'm not listening to somebody. I'm hearing them, but not listening. So just taking a brief moment to, just to breathe and like ground yourself. To keep yourself. connected, yes. Could Stay you connected. give us just three fast takeaways that a parent could help their kids get ready to go back to the classroom the school great question like what just three fast things that you could say try this try this try that because right now it's crazy mandate the mask or they're not going to be wearing it's chaotic it's really chaotic so the first thing is as a as a parent as a as of your child then you make that decision whether whether the school's mandated because i think they're still back and forth in the public school whether they were or not is you make the best decision for your child. I always tell parents that even when they come to the private school, I may not be the best fit. If you don't believe in this, I may not be. Finding a school for your child is like finding a mate in your life. So the first thing is, what is what is what what are my priorities? What do I want from the school? What do I want from my child? If it's a mask, wear the mask. If it, if they give you the optional um, choice, is do the best for your child. What you feel inside. We are designed to have our own answers inside of us, especially moms and lose the fear no fear the anxiety and stress lowers your immune system mm -hmm. so then you're open to all that is heat eat healthy get a good night's sleep take the electronics away screen time i struggled that with my daughter too to getting off the social media and as a parent too no, don't follow people that are always putting some negative stuff you have to be you know aware of what's going on take care of yourself be smart but lose the fear we got to trust that everything is in divine order and divine timing and have fun during all this time. Still do things with your kids at home. Be with Laugh. people who uplift yep. you. Yes. Just life. Is Thank you so much for this incredible interview today. Yeah, so there's never enough time. It's I never know enough that. time. Just never enough time. And, you know, it's all so early in the oh morning and we were like, know. you know, yeah, we could, we, we would could love talk to have all you back on Lizbeth. I, we'll have you back on again because there's so much no, we could talk anytime. about. But, there's so much. Yes, right? but thank well, you so much for joining Inspired to Be today. I'm so Sherry. Much. I'm Doc Cynthia. And we will be back next Saturday with another amazing, incredible guest that will inspire you and teach you new tools, techniques, and takeaways. Go out and love yourself, love your family, be good, and stay safe. Yes, be careful. Stay healthy. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.